Welcome to the Andy Mazur Podcast. I'm Andy, and we appreciate you being here. Remember, hit that subscribe button if you like what you hear. Wherever you might be listening across the many different podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Google, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. I've also created a YouTube page, so just search out the Andy Mazur Podcast for video trailers of each week's podcast, and I appreciate you checking us out. Podcast is being sponsored by a Roots Pizza with four convenient Chicago area locations. There's sure to be a Roots Pizza near you. Stop in for Quad City style pizza with that sweet malted crust. And don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They're unforgettable. They're also life changing. For more information, head to rootspizza.com. My guest today will leave the Loyola basketball program as its winningest player of all time. Lucas Williamson, involved in 124 wins in his five years with the team. He's also helped lead the Ramblers to three NCAA appearances, including a Final Four in his freshman year. Williamson also heavily involved in the Loyola Project, the documentary shedding light on the 1963 Ramblers National Championship team and their issues with racism in the country. Lucas Williamson is my guest on this edition of the Andy Mazur Podcast. Enjoy. This is Andy Mazur, the podcast. Williamson catch and shoot. And he nails one. Williamson this episode, Andy sits down with Loyola University's super senior, Lucas Williamson. They discussed his involvement with the Loyola Project and what comes next. It just means a lot for me that people are getting to know their story and people are, are learning about it. Now, here's Andy. Welcome in, I guess we can call you former Loyola Rambler, Lucas Williamson, who is uh, joining us from a secret location somewhere in the United States. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I don't know if I, if I like that former. I know, doesn't it? It hurts a little, doesn't it? It did. It kind of, you know, made my stomach turn a little bit. All right. I'll never, I won't say that again. I promise throughout the, for the rest of the, uh, the, the interview here. I promise. But, <laughs> you know, have you had some time? Obviously, you've had some time now to sit back and kind of digest, uh, you know, this year's tournament game and, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, at this point, I mean, you're a couple weeks removed now. Yeah, I mean, um, just one of those nights. Um, and, and you know, and I think everybody has those types of nights. We just had it at the worst um, throughout the year. Um, so, I mean, it happens. Um, it, it'd be different if we played like that during like a seven-game series. But that's what makes the tournament special. It's one game. It's one night. Um, it's all or nothing. Uh, we just didn't. We just didn't have it that night. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, as you say, that that happens during a, a, a nationally televised game and something that you obviously wanted to go out on a, on a high note with your in your career and everything. It was interesting to me because I was I was actually at Loyola watching the game with the with the students at the at the Damon Student Center, and they were trying so hard to get into it, and and it just you know the the flow never happened. But I was more kind of intrigued with what your head coach, Drew uh, Valentine, said after the game about this game not defining you as a player because of all you've meant to this program. I thought he really came up there and really stepped up, and, and I thought you did a wonderful job, too, just trying to explain yourself uh, you know, after that, uh, after that tough game. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's hard to, like, you know, as a player, like, uh, as a leader of that team, like, it, it's hard to, um, you know, really, like, go look yourself in the eye and look yourself in the mirror after, after you play like that. Um, and it's such a big game and a big moment. 
Um, so, I mean, it's hard to like not sit there and, and say that like, or not and believe that one game doesn't define you. <clears throat> but I think, you know, one game doesn't define anybody. Um, not just me, not just, you know, the, this team. So, and once again, that's what makes the tournament the tournament. It's one game, all or nothing. So, um, so yeah, uh, obviously super disappointed in in how the season ended, how the season ending ended. Um, but I don't know. Life goes on, the sun comes up, and the Loyola's in a better spot than they were a year before. So, you know, that's the thing. You, you lead me right into what I wanted to talk to you about next because. You know, I asked Cameron Crowe, I had him on a couple of weeks ago, about if he felt that he was a program changer. And I'll ask you the same thing because you, know, you come in as a freshman, both of you guys, you go to the Final Four, and you walk away as the all-time leading uh, win guy at Loyola with 124. You're leaving it in a much better place than you came in. Yeah. Um, do I feel like a program changer? I mean, I wouldn't call myself that. Um, but I definitely was a part of teams that helped move the program along. I definitely played a role in, in some of the teams that um, will go down in Loyola history. So I'm so appreciative of, of that, of, the, of, of my teammates, of guys that really came in and bought into each other. Um, and I was just so blessed to be a part of cultures and, and guys that really just want to play for each other. And which is, I feel like is, is, is kind of rare in today's, especially like with social media and everybody wanting to be like, you know, a celebrity or, or whatever, or a, or a social media celebrity or whatnot. Like when you got guys that just don't care about any of that, they come in, they just do the work, they work hard every day. Um, that's what makes it fun. I want to get back to your college career in a second, but you, know, you have won pretty much everywhere you've been. I mean, you look at a couple of state titles for you at Whitney Young, one as a freshman, one as a senior, so kind of the, the bookend years there. And it just kind of seems like uh, winning seems to follow you a little bit. I mean, that once again, I've, I've been blessed over my career to be a part of um, teams and part of guys that um, – you know, really like taught me how to win, taught me like what it means to win, what it takes to win at a young age. My, I mean, my freshman year, um, I learned so much from Jaleel Okafor, from Paul White, from Miles Reynolds, um, from those guys. They really taught me how much, how to win, how much it takes to win, um, how, how, it, how much it takes to be a high level player, a division one player. So, um, I've just been at the right spot at the right time so many times for me to be able to, to learn and soak it up so that I turn around my senior year um, and it's like, all right, I'm a leader of this team now. I need to figure out how, how I can get the most out of my guys, kind of the same way of what we did this last year. But you hit on it too because you have to be willing as a younger player and a guy coming in to be willing to, as we say in in our in our business, to interns keep the mouth closed, keep the ears open. I mean, that you have to really do that. Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. I feel I see that as as a bonus. Like if you get to sit here, you get to learn from guys that have won, that have that have success. Um, and even like in my freshman year with Jaleel Okafor, like that's where I wanted to be. He was the number one player in the country. He's getting drafted in two years. Like, why wouldn't I learn from him? Why wouldn't I soak up all the information that I possibly could from him? I didn't care if I was not – I wasn't playing a lot my freshman year. I played barely anything my freshman year on varsity. 
but I, I just wanted to be around. I just wanted to be in the room. I just wanted to watch his antics, his uh, his work ethic, and, and I picked I picked up on every little thing that I could. And that kind of started to shape you a little bit as a leader. Now, I want to go back to a story that I had read about you and heard about you uh, during your uh, Loyola recruitment about uh, telling Coach Moser at that point that you took your Whitney Young team to watch the 2016 Chicago Cubs World <laughs> Series Victory Parade because you wanted to show your teammates what winning was all about and what it could feel like. And how did you decide of all things to go and do that? Yeah, I think that's coach Moser's favorite story about me. He told, he's told me that story over and over again. (laughs) Um, But like, yeah. So my going into my senior year was 2016. I think that was when the Cubs won the, uh, the world series. And obviously like it was a big deal in the city. Um, and they had that that parade, and I wanted my team to be around winning. I wanted it to like, cause you know when you're a part of it, like even if you're like, if you don't even follow baseball, but like if you just went to the parade, like it's there's just good energy there, just like it's winning energy. So I just wanted my teammates to be around that and say like, hey, you know we win state, like this could be us. Obviously, not. A, not I mean we haven't. They they waited a hundred and something years for this. So it's a little different, but like, you know, this would be like us to our families, to our, our to our school, uh, to our friends. Like it'll be the same thing. Just like, just like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's funny that that, that story comes up a, a lot um, because yeah, I just wanted us to envision that going forward. So it does beg the question, you know, Cubs or Sox. <laughs> Oh, my teammates are going to kill me on this one because, uh, you know, so I, I grew up a Sox fan. And actually, like, there's a lot of my, a lot of my friends are going to make fun of me for this. I grew up a Sox fan. All right. So, like, 2005, like, or was it 2006? 2005. Uh, right. Yeah, I was, I was right. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 2005, the Sox win. Like, I was a Sox fan growing up. Like, like Jermaine Dye, like like all those guys back then. Like I loved the Sox. Then I stopped following baseball for like the span of six years until the Cubs started winning games. And I was like, oh, I'm just hop on the bandwagon. Yeah, why not? I'm from Chicago. You can do that. I didn't know that was like a big no-no. I mean, I hadn't followed baseball for like six years. And then I was a Sox fan for a little bit. And then the Sox got rid or, or I was a Cubs fan for a little bit. And then the Cubs got rid of all my favorite players. And I was like, okay. And then the then the Sox invited me to throw out the first pitch, so I was like, "All right, no, now I have to be a Sox fan again." <laughs> and I'm from the South Side, so it's like I have to be a Sox fan. So I'm just going Sox. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, fair enough. And you know, I think that, uh, that there are some that will agree with you that you can be both. There's some that are pretty steadfast in saying, "No, nope, you got to pick one or the other." But you know, like you said, you're from Chicago. It's okay. I'm from Chicago. Like I, I grew up out south, but then I moved up north and live in Rogers Park. Like I was like, uh, "All right." <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. I you know don't want to put you on the, on the spot too much here, but uh, okay. Now we got that out of the way, so we can we can we can we can move on now. Yeah, you know that 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 feeling you got at the parade. I'm curious what you, what your mindset was in 2018. You guys are going to the Final Four, and being here in Chicago and being part of the media and just watching how everybody grasped onto that story, and how much of a feel good it was just for for everybody. I mean. The, the Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, building downtown near uh, near Grant Park was lit up with Go Ramblers. I mean, you, you guys were obviously not here, but you, you were picking up on it, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I saw all of it because I grew up here. 
and my friends and, and family and they were all like yeah i saw you on a billboard or hey like look at the sears tower it's lit up in ramblers colors uh, so like that moment in time is always gonna like you know make me smile just because like just watching seeing how the city like rallied behind us and i always say this too like in the media you hear so much negativity about chicago and, and the violence and um you know all of like the bad things that, about chicago that that happened for me to be a part of something that can shine a positive light and me to be from chicago and show people that hey like we do other things too like there's a lot of talent there's a lot of a lot of good things that happen here that might not make the media um for me to be a part of that just makes me feel a lot better it just makes me feel like i shine the light on something um that a positive story about the city that i love so much yeah, I know we talked earlier about being a program changer and things, those kind of things, but it's hard to argue with the fact that you've gone to three NCAA tournaments in five years with a with a program that hadn't been on the map in such a long time that you know, maybe it's not you personally and not you alone, and I know you'll say that because you're a big team guy, but, I mean, there is something there. Yeah, I, I, just an incredible blessing. Like, yeah, it just it gives me chills just even thinking about, like, you know, three out of five. And coming from a conference that only more, normally only gives up one one tournament berth, I mean, it's super hard to make the tournament. I don't think that's what people – people don't realize that unless you really follow a team, like, throughout the entire year. Like, it's super hard to even get there. And just for me to be able to just make three, um, to live out a, a childhood dream of mine, um, just just a blessing, just, just, super, just a blessing. Now, I'd imagine each of the experiences were a little different because you got a little older and you knew what to kind of expect the second time and then the third time, obviously. But that first time had to be like, whoa, this is kind of cool. I come in here and, hey, we're, we're going to the Final yeah, Four. Right. I mean, what a way to introduce yourself to college basketball. I mean, by the end of my freshman year, I was like, oh, we can do this every year. <laughs> um, but, like, the thing that I say about that is, like, my freshman year – like I really didn't understand how hard, like it really was to get that to get to that point until we lost my sophomore year. Then I was kind of like, "Oh snap!" Like, like we my whole freshman year, we do that, we get to the final four. Okay, cool. Like three weeks later, we're already working out. We're looking, we're working on the next season. All right, sophomore year hits. I break my hand twice. Like I deal with a whole bunch of adversities. We get to the end, and I'm like, all right, I broke my hand twice. Like, I coming back. We have the Player of the Year and, and um, Marcus Towns that year. Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna win out, and we're gonna make it to the tournament. Boom, we lose. Like, and that was it. No tournament. We went to the NIT and lost in the first round. Like, and then I was like, oh, this is kind of hard. Like, this is what we did that freshman year might have been a little special. And then you know, as the years go on, and then we make it back last year, going to the Sweet Sixteen, and then lose uh, to Oregon State, and then even this year, like I knew going in that is, it's super hard to get to the Final Four, super hard. <clears throat> and you know, to be a part of a team that did that, that's just gonna live on with me forever. You know, it's hard to watch the, uh, this year's tournament, and you know, St. Peter's gets eliminated. They're the 15 seed. They're the the big story. You know, it's kind of hard not to to think back to what you guys did that freshman year because you kind of came out of nowhere. You guys believed it. I know that from being around it every once in a while, and I did a couple of your games that year, but I knew you guys believed in it, but no one else really knew who you guys were. Yeah, and I think people forget about that season and the season that we had that year. 
like the people that followed basketball knew who we were, like people that followed college basketball closely, which is why we got an 11 seed. I think St. Peter's was a 15 seed this year. I'm not taking anything away from St. Peter's. They did what they did this year. Um, but like we had beat Florida, who was a top three team in the in the nation at the time that we had, we had played them. Like we had like good wins. Like we were almost, we were on the borderline of getting nationally ranked that year um, before we lost to Milwaukee. So like coming into the tournament, we were like, like we're a good team. Like we could really make a run. And I don't think, and I think we, we obviously snuck up on the nation that year, but we were a good team the whole year. And you're doing it with uh, some adversity there. I mean, I remember Clayton Custer got hurt. Didn't he get hurt in that game? Yeah. Clayton got hurt. Ben got hurt, which is why I got thrown into the lineup my freshman year. Um, so yeah, like we were, yeah, we were a good team. We were a deep team and we, we like, were we number one at defensive team? Something like that. Like we were a very good team that year. All right. Let's not talk about this year's uh, adventure there. Let's talk about last year because it was special for you. And, and, and I know the NCAA tournament committee says, oh, we don't look at matchups down the road. No, 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 no. Give me a break. I mean, you guys right. matching up against Illinois and a guy that you've known for a long time and Al Dusumu, who, uh, obviously, was at Illinois at the time. You guys played together. You guys then played apart. You've been friends for a long time. I mean, what was that like going up against a guy that you've known for so long? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a great thing to see. Um, again, once again, like a positive light on the city. Um, him going to Morgan Park, being from Chicago, me going to Whitney Young. I mean, it's we've been friends our whole lives, playing against each other our whole lives. Like, he's an ultra competitor, and I mean, just look at what he's doing with the Bulls right now um that was just that was super fun I, and i and i can speak i feel like i can speak for him on this it was it was super fun for both of us um you know um but it was just being loyola chicago playing illinois they're the number one seed and to come out on top i mean that's another one of my favorite moments uh, as, a, as a rambler uh, i mean a little extra incentive i would imagine too from on your part to uh to kind of keep your record intact against that guy. You have, you've had a lot of success against him too in your career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once again, just, uh, just been blessed, you know, that, you know, the shots were falling that night against, you know, whenever we've been playing him. So <laughs> you're being too modest. You know that <laughs> it's, it's okay. He's in the pros now. You can, you can, you can say it. <laughs> hey man. No, but what he's doing with the bulls right now is absolutely like, I mean, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for him. Do you still talk? I mean, not really, um, but like that's family at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I know his family. I know his family really well. Uh, his dad used to be my coach growing up. Uh, I know his older brother uh, really well too. So, um, yeah, like like I, I I want him to keep keep succeeding for sure. I think there was a little chip on his shoulder too, thinking that uh, you know in his mind and probably rightfully so should have gone in the first round, and now. He gets an opportunity to to, uh, to get drafted in the second round for the hometown team. I mean, that that you can't write the script any better, can you? You can't. You can't. And I think, I mean, a lot of people are surprised at how he's playing and like how like much of um, how much he's playing and how like how how his like production is. And like people forget that he was supposed to be a lottery pick. Like he was projected lottery pick, and just because he got drafted in the second round, like I still thought he was a really good player so now that he's playing like a lottery pick people are like oh my god who was this guy that got drafted in the second round i'm like well he was supposed to be a lottery pick to begin with <laughs> uh, so like it doesn't surprise me what he's doing out there and i know he's been working his whole life for it so 
more of my conversation with Lucas Williamson coming up in just a moment here on the Andy Mazur Podcast. The Andy Mazur Podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza, part of the 5050 Group, with four locations throughout the city of Chicago, South Loop, Old Town, Lincoln Square, and the flagship restaurant in West Town. Roots features quad city-style pizza with the ingredients on top of the cheese, and it's cut into strips. The crust is malted for that hint of sweetness with every single bite. And don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They are simply life-changing. Roots is open for dine-in and carry-out, and for the restaurant location near you, head to rootspizza.com or download the app from the App Store or Google Play Store, rootspizza.com. Roots Pizza, take it from me, it's so good. We'll get back to basketball on the court here in just a second, but I I, I need to talk to you about the uh, the Loyola project that that great production. Now I sat down; uh, it's a two-hour production. I sat down intending to watch the first half, going about my day, coming back and watching the second half. And by the time I was being called to dinner by my fiance, I was like, "Wait a minute! I only got twenty minutes left." I mean, it was one of those kind of things I could not put the remote. I couldn't put it down because it was just so. It was it was great. I, I had a chance to, to work with Jerry Harkness a few times uh, doing some radio games early in my career with Loyola. And I, I thought back to my times with him and then compared it to what you guys were talking about in the production, and it was spot on because what a tremendous human being. What a great loss for not just the Rambler community, but, but for basketball in general and just the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, um, you know, the things that he stood for um, – the things, the adversities that he faced in his life um, and the successes that he's had um, will live on in, in Loyola history. Um, but more importantly than that, just the type of person that he was, um, you know, every time I saw him, he always had a smile on his face. Um, him, Miss Harkness, um, who, you know, has become like a second mom to me, um, you know, just a tremendous loss um, for the Loyola community, uh, for the world, like you said. Uh, but, yeah, I just hope that I was able to do his story justice in in the story, um, because I feel like that is that's that's a big part of his legacy. You know, I think a lot of people that will watch it with you know, a little bit of an understanding about what that 1963 team was all about, and they'll they'll look at it and they'll say, "Well, wait a minute, I thought Glory Road was the was the big game there." And da da da. And you know, in, in fact, it it wasn't. You know, and it wasn't as publicized. But now I think you guys have shined some light on the fact that you know these guys were the pioneers and these guys were really going through a whole lot. Yeah. And wow. Like I didn't even know all of the ins and outs of, up to their story of when I first got here, like when I first signed on or started the, started the project. Um, like obviously I knew the game of change and then I knew that they won a national championship. But beyond that, I didn't really know too much of what they went through away from the court. When you're watching the movie. It's like, they had to deal with this. They had to deal with this. They had to deal with this. And then they had to come out and compete at a high level and not just compete at a high level, but win a national championship and then go to school. And then it's like, these guys are like Iron Man, like, well, <laughs> Iron Man, right? Like yeah. um, on and off the court. So it's, it's, it's just their, their story is, is, is a story that needs to be, needs to be told. 
Yeah, and, and providing the narration, I'm sure too that there there were some things that uh, you saw in a script. You're like, whoa! I mean, even like you said, even being that close to to Jerry, you were probably thinking, man, I didn't know that. I didn't know you. This is really this is really interesting. And I think like in knowing some of those guys um, and the way that they tell their side of the story, they tell it so like matter of fact, like so like this is just the way life was back then. And me looking back on it in 2022, it's kind of like, I don't think that they even realize how much like that means to me, like how much I see, like how much extra that would have taken me to folk come out and focus and play for school and put on that jersey. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to deal with those types of things because they went through that for me. Um, But just like, just it being a different era and and not even in, but the scary thing is, is that it wasn't that long ago. The sixties was only what, like 60 years ago. Like that's like, I mean, my, my dad was alive then. Like it's, um, yeah, like it's not, it's like so much has changed since then, but we have so, so much farther to go. Do you see any, when you're putting this together and you're getting to know things about Jerry Harkness, uh, did you see a lot of similarities between you and him? And him? Because there's so many things that you could kind of look at. I mean, all the YMCA stuff. And then, you know, just the fact that you're uh, the, the kind of the face of, uh, of the program and a, and a guard and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I didn't see some, too many similarities until Patrick, the director of the film, came up to me and was like, hey, like, you have a lot of similarities between you and Jerry. Like you said, he started playing at the YMCA. He started playing basketball at the YMCA. I started playing basketball at the YMCA. My mom worked there while I was growing up. Um, so that was like the gym that I always went to. Um, you know, him being the captain of the basketball team, um, me being the captain of, of this year of this year's basketball team, um, you know, just me playing for Loyola, him playing for – like it, there's a lot of similarities between me and him, and I think that's why um, – Patrick made the decision of, of, you know, he asked me if I wanted to be the narrator. And I was like, okay, like, I just don't want to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't mess it up. I think you did a great job. I mean, I, and I know that had to be a lot of work too. I mean, people think that that's such an easy thing to do, but you know, there are, there are certain ways you have to read things. There are certain ways you have yeah. to really understand what you, the material you're talking about as well. Yeah. I mean, for one, it's just the weight of what I'm talking about. It's not like I'm sitting here talking about like peaches and rainbows. Like I'm talking about things that are going to make people uncomfortable. And that's the whole point of a movie. Um, And obviously there's like stylistic things that I had to like tweak and say and get used to. But it was really like the the content of what I'm talking about. Um, And I think that, yes, this is a story that happened in 63, but it's very relevant in today's today's world. I mean, I just read an article about how there's 42 states that are trying to or that have introduced a law or or introduced a bill or like passed things into law um, that teachers in schools can't teach about racism if it makes people uncomfortable. And it's like, what 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 good does that serve? Like, how are we going to how are we supposed to grow? How are we supposed to learn? if we can't talk about things that are uncomfortable, if we can't have these uncomfortable conversations, because that's what this movie is about. It's about having those uncomfortable conversations. It's about growth. It's about learning from the past. So um, I don't think there's a, there couldn't have been a more perfect time than, um, than for this movie to come out and for people to watch this movie and for people to talk about it. 
how proud are you of being associated with it, first of all? And then second of all, how it's being received, not just in Chicago because of the Ramblers' connection to the city, but it's being played in you know, arenas all across the country, and people are reacting the same way. Yeah, I'm super proud. I would have been super proud if I wasn't a part of or directly involved with the project. Like if I had just you know been a student at Loyola, I would have been super proud to be associated with the story. Um, for But for me to be actually directly involved, I mean, it just makes it that much more sweeter. Um, but for me, it's just more about like getting the story out there, getting it um, in front of as many people as we can, getting people to talk about it. Um, because like like we're like we've been talking about like it's really an emotional movie it, it'll really challenge you um and and no matter what background white black uh latino like whatever you are it's going to challenge you and uh, how you see the world and how you see other people and gonna and that's what that's what, how growth happens growth doesn't happen you know by sitting in, in comfortable bubbles growth happens by going out experiencing the world going out seeing other people seeing other cultures and then coming together and having having those tougher conversations because that's how growth happens i'm gonna ask you a tough question because i just it's pretty simple but i mean i really kind of feel like you are but i'm gonna get your thoughts about being what we would consider a role model for younger players and younger kids i mean you take a lot of time i've seen you before games and i know that uh, you know times when you're not uh, even on the court you guys are are working in the community. I mean, do you look at yourself as that? Oh, uh, my dad would love this 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 question. Um, the but I think the way that I'll answer it is that I don't I don't see myself as a role model. Um, but I always just try to to do things in a way that if there are kids, if there are people that look at me as a role model, that they that I'm like giving them good advice or giving them a good image of a role model um so to say like you know i've i've i'm an older brother for an example like lauren is 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 such a like impact or has had such a huge impact on my life from the day she was born from then on it was like all right i need to do this or do this or and i want her to learn from my mistakes i've always tried to make decisions or, and live my life accordingly to um, you know, in a way that <clears throat> my sister would see me as 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 a certain type of person. Um, so ever since then, ever since my sister was born, I always tried to live my life in a certain type of way, so that um, you know, my sister first would see me as a certain type of of individual, a certain type of person that she could have something that she can learn from, or somebody that she can learn from. Um, now, and if other people are doing that now, growing up, um, then that's just that much sweeter. And, you know, you said your parents would be interested in and your, your dad, especially. And I know, I know your dad was was big in the in the media here in the city. And I used to see your dad. I didn't even realize it was your dad until I was talking to Bill Barron's, your uh, sports information director at Loyola. He's like, oh, you remember? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that guy in many, many things. But, you know, that, the work ethic to do what he did, he was a cameraman for the uh, the local ABC here in Chicago. That that's not easy work. I mean, it looks like it's glamorous and it looks like it's glorious, but uh, I tell you, from being in the trenches with them, that it's it's not that glamorous. Yeah, and I'll tell you what's even less glamorous. All right, my dad, as soon as he had kids, he changed his shift. He took the morning shift. My dad would wake up at like four in the morning every day, and and you talk about work ethic and where I get my work ethic from. 
Like my dad would wake up at four in the morning every day, go work out, then go to to work, and then work his shift so he could be done at three, so he can come pick me up from school, so me and me and my dad could go to the gym, or me and my dad. If it was baseball season, me and my dad would be in the park throwing, uh, like playing catch, um, like that that time and i don't even know like i've never talked to this about my or talked to my dad about this but i'm so appreciative of it especially now that i'm older because now i'm like you know waking up at four in the morning and he was like like 50 years old doing that like that's just i mean best parents in the world (laughs) i mean sacrifices and it's interesting you say that too because i don't think any of us growing up with parents realize the sacrifices that they make until we get to be a little bit older yeah yeah and I think, you know, I, I don't have kids, but I think once I do have kids, I'm probably even going to be a little bit more appreciative of, of the sacrifices that both my parents made because they both made a lot. Well, you mentioned your sister too, Lauren, and uh, I, I know that something special is happening for her uh, as we speak. I mean, she's uh, she's got a pretty big internship coming up, doesn't she? That's right. She started yesterday, actually. Um, so actually right now I'm in D.C. Um, for a screening tomorrow at Capitol Hill. Um, but, or today and yesterday, my sister started an internship with the white house. So it's, it's actually funny how like the timing just matched up because we were both in DC at the same time. So we kind of just, we, me and my sister, we hung out yesterday. We just went to all like the memorials and, um, and, and all the landmarks around the city. So are you able to tell us what she's doing or is it like a national secret that we can't, (laughs) that we can't find out? Um, she's working as in the executive office of something. I forgot. Like I, I literally like walked past it or I walked by it like earlier today, but I, I keep forgetting the name of what her job description or job title is. Hey, all you have to do is say a white house and everybody white says, house. Oh, they, they forget about the rest of it. Don't worry about that's, that. That's all I say. Yeah. She's working in the white house. Yeah. yeah. That's That's just, that's just pretty cool. <laughs> no, and it's, you're right. It is kind of cool that the, the timing worked out that you could actually be there for her first day. Yeah. Yeah. I know. She was so excited yesterday. I was excited to see her. That's like, that's my best friend for real. That's awesome. That's great. I want to go back to basketball real quick here. All right. What, uh, what, what's next for Lucas Williamson? Well, what's next is I want to play basketball for, for as long as I can. So now I I would be figuring out this professional, uh, professional basketball, um, which is, has been a dream of mine for forever, for forever. Um, next thing would be signing an agent and then going from there figuring figuring life out right as as so many of us um you know people my age have been trying to trying to do i've had friends that are in the real world now um so we're all just trying to find our way and figure it out so i guess it's my turn now yeah, it was funny. I was when I was talking to Kretwig about that whole thing too. He's like, I didn't realize how much I didn't enjoy the college part of the actually playing basketball because now he's kind of free to do what he wants to do at that, you know, without uh, without being on the court. But yet, there's a little more pressure to the playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't experienced that yet. Uh, I'm still in school. I'm still. I'm getting my master's in in marketing, and I and I'm gonna try to try to finish that out. Um, so. But yeah, like I, I haven't played a professional game yet, but I can just imagine how like, you know, now you're playing for to put food on the table. So yeah, that does that does add, add a little bit more pressure. Have you thought about uh, life after basketball? I mean, I know you're, you're a great student. You get a master's degree like you just pointed out. Have you thought about that yet? Um, A little bit. Um, a little bit. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't have like a like a specific plan. 
um, you know, in, in life, you know, always uh, the plans that I have had, you know, life always comes and changes your plans anyway. Um, so, I mean, um, like, I don't know, like the, the thing that I always pray for and I, and I ask God to keep doing is, is just putting me around good people and in good places. Um, and I believe that and, and in my life, as long as I've been around good people, good opportunities have come from that um, good, genuine people. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in, in the future and we'll just continue to figure it out. Yeah, I think that uh, sometimes you you make situations what they are because of the kind of guy that you are. And I think that other people kind of react to that because it's just you you have this infectious personality. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's the truth. I mean, and, and, you know, like you said, life does get in the way sometimes, but it's what you make out of those situations that kind of define you as a, as a, as a guy going forward. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, that's what I, that's what I've, I've been, I live by these past 23 years and I don't see that changing in the future. Well, don't, don't do that. Don't change because uh, I think everybody is appreciative of the way you are right now and just all you've accomplished uh, in 23 years of life. I mean, you've accomplished a lot of things that a lot of people would hope to do in, in much older older individuals. And I think that's, that says a lot about you too, about your driving, your desire to do other things as well. Yeah. Uh, like I, like I've been saying, it's been nothing short of a blessing, just the success that I've had. I, I would have never, you know, younger me would have said that he would have been doing all of this, but like there would have been like a thought in the back of my mind that I have, would have had no idea how to get there. Um, but you know, it's just that, like I've been saying, it's just been a blessing that, you know, I've, I've been able to get to one thing to another um, and be here today. And I'm not satisfied yet. I want to keep going. So I feel like, I mean, my life is just starting, you know, so I, I'm just graduating college. There's so much to life that I still feel like I haven't experienced. So I just want to continue to have experiences. Yep. There's a lot out there. And just, to, you know, just keep doing you is what they say, because uh, so far, so good. Right. <laughs> Well, Lucas, I appreciate you taking the time. I know that uh, it's a busy time for you out there, and we, best of luck con, uh, continued after Loyola and, of course, with the Loyola Project, and uh, maybe we'll catch up again down the road. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really, really had fun. The Andy Mazur Podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza, part of the 5050 Group. With four locations throughout the city of Chicago, South Loop, Old Town, Lincoln Square, and the flagship restaurant in West Town. Roots features quad city-style pizza with the ingredients on top of the cheese, and it's cut into strips. The crust is malted for that hint of sweetness with every single bite. And don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They are simply life-changing. Roots is open for dine-in and carry-out. And for the restaurant location near you, head to rootspizza.com or download the app from the App Store or Google Play Store rootspizza.com roots pizza take it from me it's so good the andy mazer podcast now back to andy and that's going to do it for this edition of the andy mazer podcast sponsored by roots pizza head to rootspizza.com for more information i would like to thank lucas williamson once again for joining us today also please hit the subscribe button wherever you're hearing this podcast so i know you're out there and enjoying what you're hearing and if you want to get in touch, head to our Facebook page for the Andy Mazur podcast, and you can leave a comment there. Also, we're on YouTube with clips and highlights of each episode of the podcast. That's it for this episode. 
Many big thanks to the Big Earn, the voice man for his help as always. And again, thanks to Lucas Williamson for joining me. And mostly thanks to you for listening. Until next time, it's Andy Mazur saying, play nice, kids. Take care. Andy Mazur. I found you.